and welcome back to the Dakota Student Podcast. I'm your host, Mason, and today I'm joined by Ben and Destin Crooks. Before we get into introductions, I just want to say that this episode of the Dakota Student Podcast is sponsored by the Fighting Over Sue documentary, directed by filmmaker Matt Fern. It is expected to hit theaters November 25th, or the day of this podcast, and it'll be on demand as well. So, how about we start with the introduction? Destin, tell us a little bit about yourself. So I'm Destin Crooks. I'm from uh, the Shakopee Minnewakton Sioux community. Um, I was one of their first Braves, and I've lived on the res, you know, ever since I was born. And uh, with the Sioux logo, what what does that mean to you? When was your first introduction to this debate? Uh, the first introduction to this debate was probably around 2002, 2000, or 2000, yeah, 2002, 2015, like when people in my family would talk about it and just growing up, I've kind of like heard about it. And like a lot of people is, it was kind of either both ways on the reservation was either people hated it or people just didn't mind it. And just like watching the hockey team. So we'll get more into your personal opinion about it as well. Later on to start, we're going to do a little synopsis of the film. So fighting over Sioux is a documentary about the legend of the Sioux logo. It goes into the history. It goes into different perspectives, Native American and non-Native American. And honestly, it's a it's a great film if you aren't informed about this whole debate. And we're approaching the generations where, you know, Sue isn't a thing anymore. You know, it's going to be fighting Hawk over everything for a lot of these kids coming in. So a lot of people don't really know about this debate. So... We had the privilege of an early screening of the film, and we're going to do a little review for you guys. To start, the first critique that I noticed, and not any disrespect to this lady. I'm sure she's a great person, and she has you know, done lots of stuff for her community. But it's right away with Diana Beaton. Um, you guys watched that part. What do you? What were your takeaways when you first saw that? What did you guys think? Um, when I first saw it, I thought she has spent a lot of money and is very passionate. It was like she cares very deeply about it, and and but but you also have to think though it's going to be very hockey is very similar to any like a major football team. It's like you you are going to see these super fans of. Of the, all these different organizations. So when I first saw her, it was like, "You've spent a lot. You you are you are a true super fan for UND hockey." And Destin, I, I don't know if you remember this particular instance, but they did a chant. It, it was the North Dakota Fighting Sioux chant. Do you remember that part? Uh, yeah, I remember a little bit. It was like North Dakota. North yeah, Dakota. yeah, yeah. So. You know, that's a common occurrence at hockey games. I haven't been to too many hockey games since my freshman and sophomore years, but, you know, that that happens. And growing up with you as one of my buddies, I got a little irritated at the at the chant because, it, you know, it, it's what exactly people are debating about. It's, you know, kind of making fun of the Sioux culture, you know? It's, yeah. I didn't think it was very respectful, and I was honestly a little irritated by it. Did you feel the same? Yeah, definitely felt the same. So, in addition to her being a super fan, there was some other super fans highlighted throughout the film. One of them got the actual letters from the Ralph Ingolstead, and 
I think in the film it said he spent in excess of $25,000 on Sue merchandise. Destin, do you think these people are, are going over the top? Do they really you know, care about the Sioux? Like the, the Sioux tribes? What I'm trying to say, not the actual logo. What do you think they care more about? The logo or the actual people? I definitely think they care a lot more about the logo and the hockey team and not really seeing the regards to the people that it's kind of representing. Mm -hmm. Do you think, so this is kind of going off topic of the film because I want to know your, your opinion. Do you think that with UND being the fighting suit, do you think that brought more attention to, you know, the struggles that standing rock and the spirit Lake Sioux tribes have experienced? You know, are they, do you think it's helped them in any way, you know, sending more students to UND, helping them get scholarships and whatnot? I say yes. And in a little bit that it like, uh, it helped show the struggles that we've been through and it definitely got, I mean, UND has programs for native Americans and it's definitely got more native Americans to go to school, which has been a problem throughout America with uh, native Americans going to college. So mm-hmm. I think in that regard, it definitely did help, but also like them going to the school and having to hear that chant and stuff kind of is kind of sucks for some of the students there. Yeah. So another part of the film I wanted to bring up back to the film now (laughs) is a man by the name of Bennett Breen. All right. I want to know your opinion about this. So when they were looking for the new Sioux logo, they had one from the Chicago Blackhawks, Blackhawks that they were allowed to use, you know, is that geometric looking Sioux logo. And, you know, there was outrage that it was not done by a native. So the university said, okay, we'll have a native do it. But instead of asking one of those Sioux communities, they asked a Chippewa community. And the man who did the logo was a Chippewa. What, how does that make you feel? It's, it's kind of just offensive that they would ask, like, it's representing us and asking another tribe to do it. I mean, like, through the past, like, we've had definitely lots of disagreements with lots of other tribes. And it's just, like, kind of sucks that we weren't able to put our own voice into it. Yeah. And on top of that now, so even though he's Chippewa and, you know, they should have asked the Sioux for sure. So the money that Brian Breen received for that Sioux logo was $2,000. Do you think, I, I, I'm guessing you don't think it's fair, but even though he was a Chippewa, do you still think that's unfair to him? You know, I mean, I don't really think it's fair, but it's still, I mean, it's, does help him but he probably should have like if it was someone else's logo they probably would have paid more yeah i got some royalties or yep, something like that from it because it's going to be posted everywhere and it's going to be on all the merch and just getting paid the solid 2000 i think he should have definitely got more mm-hmm. so und still owns the copyright for that logo and they continue to make money to this day off it they've made I don't even know the numbers, but I want to say in excess of hundreds of millions, I'd be surprised if they didn't. Well, Mason, didn't they say that in the film that the Ralph alone makes $4 million a year? Uh, 
They might have said that. I can't say for sure, though. I can't, okay, I didn't make but note. Let's let's just pl let's play hypothetical for a second. Okay, so let's let's say it's four it's four million a year, and yep. a jersey is what sixty bucks, seventy bucks, or is it a hundred? If that hundred, because I know I believe football is sixty or seventy. Okay, yeah, so two jerseys go pretty spendy. Okay, but let 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 let's just say it's a hundred bucks, and it seats 12,000 and the stadium seats I think 12 or 15,000 people when you're at a game don't you pretty much are just seeing solid Sioux gear right I'm not the only one thinking this uh, apart from the actual jerseys the players are wearing yeah it's Sioux everywhere okay and so let so if every if every person at a game so that's 15,000 and each person has one piece of Sioux gear and let's for for easy math, let's just say each one has a Sioux jersey. That's one hundred fifty thousand dollars in jerseys alone. Yeah, and that's and that's just one piece. Yeah, yeah. And we have and, to think about this through the decades. Yeah, yeah through all the new stuff that comes out in the fanatics. So. Lots of things. Lots of they have bumper stickers to scarves with Sioux logos on them. Mm -hmm. So all in all, I think uh, to end this discussion about Brian Breen, even though you're a Chippewa man, you deserve a lot more recognition. And I'm, you know, a little disappointed in UND for playing you like that. Yeah, it's just unfortunate. Back to this. Uh, so that that's in the film for you guys. Watch it. If you have no idea about it, learn something. It's it's good to know. Back to the film. Uh, yeah, there are some other parts I, I had criticisms of just because, you know, I've been your buddy for so long and I know if it offends me, it probably wouldn't be that good for you. Yeah. So there's one part in particular. This is at the end of the film, so we're kind of skipping over a bunch. But they played, uh, it was powwow music. but And I, I think it was made by a native, but... I didn't really think that mattered. They took powwow music, Destin, and they remixed it into like an EDM type deal. And I just thought that was pretty, I don't know, not okay. I didn't think that you'd enjoy it. I didn't enjoy it. What do you think of it? So, I mean, I do have, I've, I've heard of, uh, there's electric uh, powwow beats. And I mean, they're not used in native culture or powwows or anything like that. And you'd, happen to do see them in like your school raves and stuff and it's just kind of taking our traditional music and just kind of ruining what it stands for and what it means mm -hmm. so even if it, if a native did that would you still have the same feelings if even if it was electric powwow i don't like i just i really feel like it takes away all the tradition behind the drum. Yeah, I agree. So, you would have rather had them play the original music rather than the EDM version of it? I feel like they could have just found a different song in general. I mean, most of our like, most of the songs played on the drum are like, to honor the people that have died in the past, or to like, see forth what we're gonna do in the future, and it's just not really a place to put powwow music, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. 
So, after watching it, what did you guys think? What would you rate it out of five stars? I would give it... I'd probably give it a four out of five stars. There were portions of the documentary that um, were very informational and gave someone who truly had no idea about this whole issue before even going. Because I, I'm one of the people who predates knowing about all this whole controversy of like Mason. You said this future generation it was like I had no idea at all of at any about any of this when this all when I even applied for the university. So it was a great way of being able to learn all about the history behind what's gone on, as well as the events that cascaded into the eventual retirement of the logo. Um, it was it was done in a manner of it showed you from def, from the very beginning of how this all started and 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 ended in the retirement of the logo as so it, it was able to give you that entire process of here's where we started and then here's to the end point of how of what all happened destin what would you rate it i say i could agree with the four it definitely gave a lot of information of like what's been going on to people that would have no idea um i mean to me, I mean, I'm glad the logo or the logo and the name has been changed, and just I mean, there's still some stuff in there that's like somewhat offensive, and that shouldn't be in there, but it was still very informational. Yeah, I'd say I'm right there with you guys. Um, you know, like I said earlier, and like you said, Ben, I, a lot of these kids coming in are going to have no idea that this debate was even held, and hopefully, this will teach them about our our logo and its history and. Not only that, but Native American history, because there was a section in the film that said, uh, I can't remember the specific Native American who said it, but they said, you know, our kids learn about the Holocaust, but your kids don't learn about any Native American massacres or anything of that sort. And I really hope that motivates people to learn more about Native culture within their state. I know I've tried my best in our state, uh, in Minnesota, and I think Minnesota did a fairly good job, you know, explaining some Native American events and, you know, what happened. I don't know the North Dakota public school system, so I don't know what they teach. But, Destin, do you think we learned adequate amounts? Or we probably should know more, but... Yeah, I think we definitely learned a good amount. I mean, the Mankato 38 and the Trail of Tears was, like, the big ones that we learned within school. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, there's definitely, like, a lot of stories and tragedies that they missed, but... I, I think Minnesota did a fairly good job on it. Yeah. So, yeah, four out of five for this film, purely for the sake of informational stuff. It, it taught me a lot of a lot of new information, and I appreciated it. Um, yeah, one thing I, I wish people will take from this, I don't think this documentary is meant to re-spark this debate. I think this... This documentary is the final nail in the coffin to finally put this whole dilemma underneath us and to learn from it. So I hope people take that from this, and I hope they don't try to reignite this debate because it will not go well. Is that what you're thinking, Ben? You. That's what I'm thinking. It's this isn't this. I I feel like this this documentary is designed to be a history tool of 
well, here's what happened and not designed to be, let's try and bring it back. Uh, it's, 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 it's there to be, to know about it, to learn about it, and then to say, here's the end of it. Yeah, exactly. Um, I guess one thing I wish they would have touched on some more in this documentary is some more, you know, it's been years in the making. I think this film was first on Kickstarter and, 2015 i want to say i can't Ooh, I that's think, not for sure so don't uh, quote wait, me on that wait mason just hold a second i have that kickstarter link still okay just look it's so the the on kickstarter it launched on november 19th of 2015 they got their their funding they needed by the end of 2015 um production uh, appeared to be four months long in 2016 with uh with then i believe editing and the whole production of the uh, post-production being done where, and then it was screened at a film festival in 2017 and then has been in the works for release. It initially was supposed to be released um, back in April, but like we know with COVID um, everything has been delayed and now it will be released on the, it will be released on the 25th of November. So a couple of things I wish they would have added to this before releasing. Uh, although this year, this film has been several years in the making, started production in late 2015, early 2016. Um, I just wish they had some more, I, I don't mean to sound mean with this, but youthful opinions. It seemed like a lot of the people they interviewed were very involved with the Sue logo debate, you know, mm-hmm. um, I don't mean to call them old, but they are older generations than us. So they had a lot more personal involvement with it. So I just kind of wanted to see some more younger opinions, maybe some kids that were just in the stages of the finalizing, getting rid of the Sioux logo or well, someone a little older than that. I don't I know. I want to say they had one of, they had one person on that. I think that was a UND student at the time. But I think that he he was the only one of the new generation that they interviewed, whereas everyone else was either the previous generation or was either part of the of the attempting to keep it, and then or were on the sides for retirement. And there wasn't any of this younger generation who were more of in the like in the ages of understanding of in the 2011, 2012 times of when this was near the end. So. I, I, I totally agree with you. I, I, I do wish they had had a younger opinion on it rather than just the an, a, a older opinion because it would have brought another side to the story. Although uh, I do think that the younger opinion would have been to get rid of the logo. Uh, I think during the development of like these times, you know, with the Washington Redskin debate and all those sorts of debates, you know, the younger generations have been more vocal about getting rid of that discriminatory stuff. So I do think it would have been against the logo, but it just would have been nice to hear. Yeah. It would have been nice to get a younger opinion on it. So another thing that I wanted to point out and sorry, if this is backtracking to earlier stages of the film, which I know it is, but there, there was a part of the film and they were talking about, uh, I can't remember the specific name of the ceremony, the pipe filling ceremony or something pipe. I don't think it's pipe smoking. That doesn't sound right. Something like that. A naming ceremony. Destin, does that ring any bell? 
but it was back in nineteen in the nineteen sixties or something. Uh, the Sanding Rock Sioux Tribe sent a delegation to UND and gave the then president of the University of North Dakota a, a Sioux name, and supposedly they gave him permission to use the Fighting Sioux name. So I'm just wondering, what are your thoughts? Do you think one Sioux tribe should have the say in giving them permission for their namesake, or you know, do you agree with that naming ceremony? So with my with my tribe, I mean, I know every single tribe does it differently, and I don't agree with one tribe having the namesake to do that. But with my tribe, only native blood gets a native name, and normally your elder is who gives you your name. So I feel like it's just kind of going off tradition and kind of disrespecting the other tribes of having one tribe just say, you know, you can use it, it's fine, and this is your name, without talking to any of the other Sioux tribes in America. So, this is off topic of the film, but is there, I know this is back back when we weren't even thought of, you know, we weren't even a thing, but is there some sort of communication network between different, you know, Dakota tribes? So, with the uh my tribe we uh started this thing um when i was i think in 2014 we started the youth leadership council where we have um like the best or the willing to go from tribe to tribe and speak to each other and see like what their need or the powwows coming up and like events and stuff where they talk to each other but our chairman does talk to other tribes in America, and uh, we give support to them every year for what is needed, and we talk about certain like issues and stuff. So another part of the film uh, kind of highlighted the struggles of Native Americans, especially in the North Dakota area. And I know Native communities have struggled in the U.S. for centuries. Um, you know, it's hard to get out of a place when you're already placed at the bottom, and a lot of ex- natives have experienced that. And the film highlighted uh, certain struggles within the Standing Rock and the Spirit Lake tribes, such as drug use and, you know, suicide epidemics. And it didn't have any relation to the Fighting Sioux logo. I don't think that's what the film tried portraying. I don't think it, that those suicides were because of discrimination experienced because of the Fighting Sioux logo. I think it was more meant to you know, just highlight the struggle and make people informed of what these people are going through. Destin, I know, you know, we're only 20-something years old, 21, 22, and your tribe, I'm, I'm not trying to, you know, belittle you or anything, but your tribe has done very well compared to other tribes around the country. What are your thoughts when you see these tribes, you know, struggling? Um, it's It's harsh to see, I mean... I've went to lots of tribes around America and it's like you go from my tribe where we're in a fortunate spot and have a fortunate business that can support us. And you go to some other tribes that these people can't even afford, you know, like tampons when they're on their period. And it sucks for like them to be in that situation, but it's hard for them to make any income from where they are like their school systems 
aren't very great and like they don't have like a prime spot where actually like people come through to where they can make the money and that's why like my tribe does donate uh money to them just to try to help them get a little up and yeah, i just I, wish that oh sorry tribes, no you're good i just wish that like we could help them and take out like i don't know i just i just wish we could help them in better ways what what do you think that North Dakotans could do to, to help them? You know, I know in a part of the film it said, you know, in a normal community, a dollar circulates three times before it's out of that community. Meaning when a person makes a dollar within their town or city, they'll go spend it. And then that business that received that dollar will also spend it within the community and then so on. But with these Native American tribes, Sandy Rock and Spirit Lake, it, it was recorded that only... The dollar stays only point. I'm trying to reword this. I'm sorry. It only circulates 0.5 times, meaning a person only spends half of it in their community and the other half is out of the community. No circulation in their economy. So with that said, should we, should the natives in North Dakota focus more on the casino industry, such as you guys, or maybe, you know, tourism or whatnot, you know, what, what can they do? They're already in such a terrible spot. You know, the U.S. government, you know, messed them up in every way they could to make them as small as could be. You know, they split up the, the reservation uh, claims. You know, they split up Spirit Lake and Standing Rock. They actually used to be only one reservation, but now they're two. So they try to cut off communication. That's highlighted in the film as well. Um. What I know you don't have much experience, Destin, but what do you think these tribes could do since they're already, you know, so crippled? So a lot of tribes spend their money that they get and they um, just try to build a casino because they see like other tribes like my tribe doing very well with that. But when you're in a bad spot, a casino can't thrive. I mean, they could maybe focus on tourism you know, spread, like showing our culture, like it'll help them make money. It'll help spread our culture and get people informed about it. And I feel like that might give them a little bit of help. I agree. Honestly, I don't, they're in a tough spot. North Dakota is not a good state for tourism, you know, so it's, it's hard to say that's a good one as well, but that's, yeah. it's seeming like it's the best out of what they have. Yeah, it's definitely better than investing everything that they own into trying to build a casino that won't have customers besides the people living there. Yeah, exactly. You know, there's not much traffic out in North Dakota. Yeah. Um, it's very unfortunate. I guess I compare it to got several tribes just around the area who have been able, who have been in the who have been super successful in that casino area and then I, I try you look at north dakota it's like there's less people in the entire state than there is in my county so i'm like i'm looking at it, it's like you're trying to get that tourism you're trying to get it it's like unfortunately it's a very hard place to be in at that at the time so it's like you you definitely have to figure out how what are the ways that we're going to be able to survive yeah, and although that information had no relation to the Sioux logo, I do support the film with talking about it. I I appreciate that they brought it up because not a lot of people do, and 
you know, the more people that have awareness of the struggles that Native Americans go through, um, the better. So I actually applaud the film for highlighting that. And I hope more people become aware and hopefully they help their Native American neighbors. You know, we're all humans. We're all Americans. Help each other out, especially during these uh, COVID-19 times where we're all stuck inside, you know. So, all in all, the documentary was a great watch. I strongly recommend any North Dakotan or any any person in the United States to watch it because it's history. And a lot of people don't know about it. Like I said earlier, these newer generations aren't going to know anything about it. The only reason why I knew about it is because my grandpa's an alumni. So, you know, it's still there. Um, for a lot of these older folks, the debate is still there. But I'm, I'm hoping this documentary can put an end to it. And hopefully we can all move on. Uh, so you can watch this documentary. Uh, go to fightingoversue.com slash where to watch. And you'll be directed to an on-demand link where you can watch it. And it's also going to be in theaters. Now, with COVID-19, please take the necessary precautions. You know, don't sit right next to someone, wear your mask, and use hand sanitizer often. Other than that, thank you for tuning in to the Dakota Student Podcast. Thank you, Destin, for your input. It was lovely having you on. Thank and you very much. We'll come at you guys next week. Have a good one.